Welcome to the Everyone Has a Story podcast presented by the Business and Education Alliance, where students' talent, interests, and aptitudes can be connected to the dynamic world of work. Welcome, teachers and students, to today's episode of Everyone Has a Story, hosted by the Business and Education Alliance. My name is Bob Gimignani. Very pleased today to have with us Scott Robley. Scott is a Falcon High School graduate and is currently the Fabrication Superintendent with Jackson Engineering and Maintenance. Scott, thank you so much for volunteering some of your time today to speak into the lives of the next generation. Yeah, thank you, Bob. So, Scott, let's get right to it. Uh, Part one of our interview is kind of your career story. Um, did you have any thoughts back when you were in middle school or high school about what kind of job you wanted to get when you grew up? Um, you know, I think early on, I, I kind of had aspirations of being like a commercial chef or, you know, something in like the cooking industry. And then I think in high school, I was maybe even looking at going down like the uh, dentistry or orthodontics route, but uh, it's not where I'm at now. <laughs> All right, so this is going to be a fascinating career journey that we're going to get to here in just a second. Uh, clearly, <laughs> yeah. you're not even anywhere near that zip code of uh, right. being a chef or a dentist. So uh, we look forward to hearing that part of your story. But before we get to that, what was your first ever paid job? Um, you know, my dad owned a uh, a small business landscaping company, and I'd that's uh, that's probably my first paid position was was doing odd jobs for his company. Scott, uh, when you were at Falcon High School uh, back in the day, um, did you have any uh, work-based learning programming available or experiential learning uh, available, much like the Pikes Peak Business and Education Alliance is bringing to our school systems today where perhaps you had an opportunity to job shadow a professional or to do an internship, was that available to you? And if so, um, did you take advantage of that? Um, that's certainly not something I participated in. Um, I, I, I believe there were programs like that, but it, it certainly wasn't well advertised if there was. All right, Scott. So you get to lay out your career journey for teachers and uh, classrooms and students that might be watching this video today. Uh, tell us how you got from those initial thoughts of um, you know, being a chef or a dentist to where you are today as a fabrication superintendent with Jackson Engineering. And if you could try to pay some particular attention as to like when you made your decisions about go, whether you went to college or not, or the jobs that you took and how you kind of inventoried what you thought you were good at and what you thought you were interested in and how those aptitudes and interests affected your decision-making as you move throughout your career. So I'll give you the floor for as long as you need it. All right, sounds good. So um, a lot of my uh, career up to date has been, um, has kind of circled around welding. That's, uh, that's kind of what my profession is and how I've gotten to where I'm at. Um, coming out of high school, I guess even in high school, welding was a hobby. It was something I was doing at home, building small projects, you know, shelving, tractor parts, whatever. Um, and I think uh, coming out of high school, I, I, I kind of had some of those ideas of, of what I wanted to go into for a career field or aspirations. Um, but as I was doing welding as a hobby and, you know, building things with my hands, I really got a lot of enjoyment out of that. And uh, Right out of high school, I, I went down to uh, Pikes Peak Community College and started their welding program, the, the associate's program down there in the lab. 
I was a lifeguard for a while, part-time while I was, uh, while I was going to school for that. But the, the focus definitely was my, my welding, uh, certificates or degrees down there. Um, and then while I was down at the college, um, the, uh, the department head down there, Scott, he, um, he had a local fabrication shop reach out to him that was looking for some, uh, basically just summer help. And uh, that was a small shop that I actually got my first uh, welding job in. So I was still going to school at the time, still learning some of the, the you know, the technical skills of welding. But then uh, Kevin Garnhart was the owner of Kevin's Custom Welding. And uh, he was the one that gave me my, my first opportunity to actually, you know, break out into industry there. And I learned so much from, from Kevin in my time there that it was, it was really instrumental into where I'm at today. And it was, um, Kevin's Custom Welding was a ornamental uh, fabricator, a fabrication shop. So that was a lot of handrails, stairs, um, some residential, uh, mostly residential, some light commercial and things like that. But uh, that, was, that was really instrumental in, to where I'm at today and learning, you know, how, you know, how do you take blueprints and go into an actual part or how do you go out to the field and measure so the blueprints can get made and then then you build the part and then you go back and install the part. So seeing all sides of that was uh, was really, really big for me. And that was that was something that the school was setting me up for. Um, but it's the on the job, the actual being out in the industry that that really, really made a big difference for me. Um, and I was with uh, I was with Kevin for it was a little over six years. Um, and then he was. Uh, actually, when I finished working at Kevin's, he was retiring about that same time. Um, and then at that point, there was an opportunity for me to move back to um, Pike Street Community College, where I had gone to school. Um, but then at that point, I was doing, um, uh, I was an adjunct instructor down at the college, teaching welding, teaching math, teaching some of the basic CAD stuff, um, CAD classes. And that that was a great opportunity as well, because I was able to kind of first off, I was able to kind of um, go back to, you know, my old stomping grounds and, and instruct and kind of give back some of the knowledge that I learned in, in industry and then bring it back into the college. Um, and then that all that also moved into um, I was involved in I was an instructor for the um, used to call it the area of vocational program. I can't remember what they call it now it's career start or something like that, but that's where um, high school students, junior and senior level high school students were coming down to the college and work in the college lab and develop those skills, um, which at the time, uh, I, I was really bummed. I didn't take advantage of that in high school because, you know, that would have had a, a leg up on some technical skills um, that that I had to, you know, not only develop after high school, but had to pay for. That was that was something that the the, the schools were paying for at the time. Um, so I was down at Pikes Peak Community College for it was about two years, and uh, my last semester, maybe the last year that I was down at uh, the community college instructing, uh, the opportunity came up at Jackson. They needed a, a part time um, uh, part time shop fabricator welder and that was uh that was a really good fit because the uh 
I wasn't instructing full time. So it was, it was really cool that I could kind of do two part-time jobs, one to teach and kind of give back and, you know, help bring up the next generation of welders, but then the other one to, you know, kind of keep my, my skills sharp. And, uh, after I moved on from instruction at the college, well, actually part of the moving on from instruction at the college was um, Jackson was looking for more people to uh, um, be on the traveling construction crew. So a lot of on the road, which is obviously full time. So I moved into that position. Um, I've been at Jackson, I think about three and a half years now, maybe a little more than, and uh, had a lot of really great opportunities at, at Jackson. A lot of that because of uh, like my skill set and where I came from at Kevin's uh, that really gave me a leg up. But uh, that was, uh, that was, again, that was the most important part was learning those skills to come into Jackson and, and being an asset here. And then uh, when I started at Jackson, like I said, it was part-time for um, probably not quite a year. Um, and then started doing traveling, uh, was involved in several, uh, fabrication in the shop and then bring out to do, uh, field installs on, on some, some products that we were putting out. Um, and then about two years ago, um, I also moved into a, um, a weld inspector role with Jackson. And that was a certification, go out testing, do some classes and stuff like that. But, uh, Again, having all those that skill set before Jackson really set me up for being able to obtain my it's called the CWI Certified Welding Inspector um, certification, and utilize that for for a big job that we were doing doing weld inspections um, on on it was a really big job it was like a five story building that we were we were working on last year, and then uh, as that project project was kind of coming to a close. And we had a lot of shop work coming up uh, in the shop here at uh, at our facility. Um, came back in house and kind of got back in touch with my roots a little bit on the the shop fabrication side of things. And then eventually became the the opportunity of uh, Jackson needed a uh, a fabrication superintendent to to oversee all the projects that were going on in the shop and. Everything I had I had done up to that date was uh, really made me a shoe in for that position. So that's that's pretty much where I am today. Then, excellent, Scott. What a great story! And uh, students, I hope you're uh, kind of hearing um, the themes of of what Scott's talking about. Um, you know, what I really enjoyed what you said is uh, you know you had welding as a hobby when you were younger, right? Oftentimes yep. we're, we're talking to students, uh, our mission is to help students connect their talents, interests, and aptitudes to the world of work, right? Um, it, you know, there's a difference between work and um, like a job and an occupation versus a hobby, right? Um, like I love fly fishing, but I'm never going to get paid to fly fish. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a hobby of welding, which is a really high demand occupation in our economy right now. Um, yeah. There generally is a welding, um, uh, a shortage of welders in our country. So you, you've picked an occupation that, that you felt you were good at. And then you, you said that you really enjoyed it, right? So there's your interest um, yep. and, and some passion behind it. And it's just really cool to hear you lay out how you kind of took, um, you know, made good decisions to, to educate yourself 
and then to qualify yourself and to get really good at what you're doing. And then most cool of all is that you end up going to PPCC and giving back to the next generation of welders and fabricators, right? Um, yeah, yeah, no, that was an awesome opportunity. So good for you. Good for you. Glad to hear it. And congratulations on uh, climbing the career ladder at uh, Jackson Engineering. And we'll talk about that a little bit here in just a bit too. So yeah. Um, Scott, what would you say is the biggest single challenge you have faced in your professional career? And how did you overcome that? You know, uh, when I, at my time at Kevin's, it was really just a lack of, of um, some of the technical knowledge on, you know, actually fabricating stuff. Um, Kevin was a phenomenal teacher. Um, I always say I, I learned more in, you know, six months than I did probably in, in his skill set than you could ever learn in, in, in a week in a classroom. But um, in, in technical and trades, you know, electricians, painting, all that stuff's the same. It, it's getting down into it and, and, and learning that skill set in the field. But, uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's a big obstacle at the time. But as long as you're, you're open to learning those skills, um, it's, it's a really easy one to overcome. Um, and then moving, uh, when I made the move into the college and instruction in the college, uh, I noticed um, what I really noticed down there was my uh, my age. Um, people were looking at me because I'm a little bit younger than all the other instructors and kind of going, do you really know what you're talking about? And uh, just trying to figure out how to deal with that and, uh, you know, kind of prove yourself through your skill set and being able to take what you applied and, and, and show that to somebody, you know, in the, in the correct fashion, you can't force it upon anybody, but uh, being able to convey what you know um, and being level-headed about how you convey it. I, that was, that was the big way to kind of get over that hurdle. Scott, um, you've mentioned uh, Kevin at Kevin's custom welding being pretty influential in your career development. Um, let's talk a little bit more about uh, uh, mentors or friend tours uh, people who've showed up in your life in a meaningful way to either encourage you or challenge you. Do you want to give uh, shout outs to other people in your life that have shown up that way for you? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I, I'm sure the guys on my crew right now probably get sick of me talking about my time at Kevin's Custom Welding, but Kevin, without a doubt, Kevin was the most influential person in my career. And I mean, I'd even say aspects of my personal life. He He was a phenomenal mentor, whether whether he knew he was doing it or not, he was a phenomenal mentor and, and, and coach in those things. Um, but back to when I was uh, not only a student, but also instructing down at the college, um, Scott Mannering, the, uh, the department head down at the, the welding school, he, he was a phenomenal, um, I mean, resource for, for knowledge, but also uh, gave me a lot of opportunities. Um, while I was a student and while I was instructing down there. Um, so that was a big one. A lot of the other instructors down there too were, were very helpful. Um, and then at, at, at Jackson, um, my, uh, my, my direct supervisor, Matt Janish, um, he was the one that, that gave me the opportunity to come in and, you know, kind of do, you know, I guess kind of fool around and do the part-time gig first. Um, but again, he, he, he saw what I was capable of and opened up a lot of opportunities, a lot of doors for me that uh, I was able to take advantage of. So that, that's been really instrumental in so where I'm at today. Excellent. Scott, what would you say to your teenage self, uh, knowing what you know today? <laughs> um, 
You know, that's a tricky one because I, I think a lot of people, you know, the kind of the cliche saying is, you know, if I only knew that back then, but um, everything I've went through got me to where I am today. And it's, it's hard to go and pick one thing. I, I, I really always, I, I told people down at the college all the time, I really wish I would have done the vocational training and, and in my junior and senior year, been going over to the college and kind of gotten a jump start on that stuff. But um, the cards were dealt the way they were and, and I'm in a great place right now. So I, I can't have too many complaints. So everything happened the way it needed to, uh, which is great. Um, and, and I do want to give a shout out to Scott, to uh, the Career Start program. Um, yeah. So uh, the partnership between Pikes Peak Community College and many of our local school districts, for students watching this video, what Scott's referring to is, is uh, uh, vocational programs that have college credit attached to them for high school students. Um, actually, one of my associates here at the PPBEA, her daughter, um, graduated from high school with her associate's degree, uh, not through Career Start, but through something like it called concurrent enrollment. Um, yes. Student, yeah, yes. students in Career Start are getting college credit. They're able to go to PPCC. And I think there's about 20 different kind of pathway programs in Career Start that include welding and automotive and body and uh, beauty and all different types of uh, of occupations that you can really kind of get a head start um, before you get out of high school in some of these careers, right, Scott? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's computer stuff. I think there was zoology and veterinary. I mean, the, there are a lot of options down there. And I mean, from my perspective, if I'd have started building up those technical trades a little sooner, I might could have gotten into the field a little bit sooner to to really sharpen those those you know, the actual applicable skills to uh, the day-to-day and -day in, in whatever career you go into, but it, it's a really huge program. It's really awesome. And you're, and you're doing it the, this at the high school level with very limited cost. I think, I, I don't know what the fees are, but they're really, really way cheaper than actually enrolling at Pikes Peak Community College as a college student. So students, you know, take a look at that. Go to the, um, go to your school district's uh, career start page on the website and do some investigation there. So we really appreciate you mentioning that, Scott. Yeah, definitely. So Scott, talk to us a little bit about Jackson Engineering and Maintenance. What is what does your company do? Uh, what is your mission and who are the customers that you work with? Yeah, you know, so uh, it, it always strikes me as funny when uh, when people ask what we do, because we find ourselves, you know, on an airplane going to a job um, sometimes and people go, oh, what do you do? And Jackson is, is we're in a really niche market, um, but we, there's a lot of fingers, there's a lot of parts to, a lot of moving parts to Jackson. But the, the kind of the big overview is um, we, Jackson protects against um, electromagnetic pulse um, and, and uh, any of the, the energy and, and, and stuff that's developed from that. And that's, I, I'm not an engineer, so I don't know if I could explain all that, but essentially um, a lot of our contracts and a lot of a lot of a bulk of the work that we do right now is um, work for the government, contract work for the government, um, specifically in the uh, the defense industry. Um, so we are we call it hardening when you protect a shelf uh, equipment or um, computer racks or antennas or whatever it is, you harden that 
to protect it from an EMP. So that's that's a really integral part in uh, the defense industry um, to protect our, our, our assets for uh, defending our country. And uh, Jackson plays a lot of roles in that. So the side that I'm most involved in is the fabrication and building things in the shop. You know, that, that's the side that, that I manage. Um, so we're building, uh, we build like transportable shelters is what we call them, you know, a 40 foot van, you know, basically that's um, completely lined in metal, 100% welded. Um, sometimes we put generators in, sometimes it's computer racks or whatever it is. Everyone's a little bit different. Um, but we also fabricate stuff in-house that will get shipped out to the field and then installed. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, there we've protected or hardened, you know, five-story buildings that's completely lined with plate and 100% welded. Um, but then there are other sides of our company that also do uh, the maintenance side. Um, so once you build and install one of these structures or these these facilities, um, there's a level of maintenance that that uh, you know there's like a maintenance schedule that. Um, our guys are going out to a, a facility or a site, you know, several times a year in some cases um, to maintain doors or, or gaskets and things like that. Um, we also have a, a site of Jackson kind of in the same maintenance site that does uh, ropes access. Um, those are all uh, Sprat certified uh, ropes guys that uh, they'll hang off the side of buildings if they need to do maintenance on a facility or something like that. And they could be, you know, 40, 50 feet in the air, hanging off ropes, doing maintenance, which is really cool. Um, and then we also have our, our engineering and testing side, which I'm, I'm not, certainly not the most knowledgeable person on, but um, to test these facilities, to make sure that they are, they are hardened or they're secure against an EMP, um, you need to be able to test that and, and prove to your customer, if it's government, commercial, whatever, um, that that security is hardened and that it will withstand an attack or an event or anything like that. And uh, then the engineering side, engineering not only um, goes along with the testing, so if there are issues, they could you know develop a fix, um, but they also help in the design of these facilities because it, it's, I mean, I'm the way I'm describing it sounds pretty simple. You just kind of put up some steel plate and weld it, but there's, there's a lot of considerations in, in our industry for, you know, getting power and data and stuff like that in and out of a, a hardened facility. But um, our engineers are involved in a lot of that design, um, design for new facilities or retrofit of current facilities. That's, that's really important. Excellent, Scott. Thanks for that. That, that was a really good explanation. Uh, your business sounds fascinating to me. Um, let's talk a little bit about the kind of people who work at Jackson. You've already referred to a couple of different occupations there. What, what informs this question is uh, some research that indicates the average middle school student can name four jobs. Um, and, you know, clearly there's thousands and thousands of different types of jobs that students can connect their talents, interests, and aptitudes to in the world of work, right? So, so talk to students about um, the type of roles that are employed at Jackson Engineering, aside from yours? Um, well, there's a lot. I mean, it, in our department or our side, which is the construction side, both field services and, um, and the shop fabrication, we have on staff right now, we have um, some entry level like tech positions. So they're, you know, they might be painting or 
fixing drywall or carpet or something like that. So just kind of like a general labor, but it's a really way to break, really good way to break into a trade if you don't know what you want to do. Certainly, um, we have a lot of welders. That's a that's a, a majority of our of uh, the construction site is welders, um, welders and fabricators. Uh, we also have electricians on staff. Um, we have on the shop crew, we have um, some CNC operators. Uh, we have a CNC water jet to cut material. We have a CNC um, brake uh, or um, press brake uh, to form metal. And we have a CNC operated bandsaw. So when we're cutting, you know, structural members and tubes and stuff like that. Um, so having some knowledge um, uh, in that that CNC, a little bit of basic programming, things like that is, is what those guys have. Um, outside of the construction side, um, the maintenance guys, um, I, I don't know exactly what all those guys' background is, but a lot of those guys um, will come from maybe like a military background where they've they've had some of those some of that skill set um, in the military. Um, not to say that's the only way to get in there. Um, the Sprat guys, the uh, the rope access guys, um, they'll have a background in you know climbing or something like that that gets them into um, I, I don't know exactly what they call it, if it's like commercial rope access or something. There's a lot of work in that in uh, like the offshore drilling. There's a lot of rope access stuff on like the drilling rigs. And um, a few of our guys have a background in that. Um, and then engineering side, the engineers, obviously, that that's a, that, that's a schooling thing. But uh, the engineers, our test engineers, um, a lot of them came up from like a test tech level. Um, where you're going from, you know, holding an antenna for testing to actually figuring out what the numbers, um, you know, and the data that you're pulling from a facility, what those numbers actually mean. But, I mean, there's I'm, there's other things. We have a facility manager uh, that just takes care of our building here. So I mean, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of components. I'm sure I'm forgetting, but it it, it takes a lot of a lot of skill sets to keep a jack uh, company like Jackson rolling. Excellent. Thanks, Scott. Um, so you've already kind of uh, climbed a bit of, an, of a career ladder at Jackson already, right? Yeah. Um, so if yep. you could um, think about that high school student right now who's, you know, really interested in working with their hands and welding and fabrication and doing all that good stuff. Uh, what does the career ladder look like for somebody like you with your skills, knowledge and abilities from entry level at Jackson, for example, uh, and then how could you advance from where you are? So what's the career ladder at Jackson for somebody like you from entry level to a, a higher level of occupation? Yeah, well, I think first and foremost is um, just kind of being aware of what's happening around you. Um, you know, when I was down at the college, what we tell a lot of people, especially in the welding industry, is um, a lot of people go into welding thinking they either want to go pipeline welding or underwater welding because that's where you make the most money, which is certainly true, but you can't do that for your entire life. Your, your body won't withstand that. So when I was coming into Jackson at, you know, an entry level part-time welder, um, it was don't, what I, what I often find myself, I mean, even still telling myself is don't get tunnel vision on this is where I have to go to be successful. It's kind of having that that peripheral on and watching opportunities as they come up. So from, from entry level, entry level welder, um, 
I crawled up through the scales. Um, I became a lead welder, so I was leading jobs in, in the field uh, or or in the in the shop at the time. And you know, you could keep traveling down that that path if you have tunnel vision on on just leading jobs and 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 work. But then there's that that CWI opportunity that popped up kind of over here. I was like, oh, that's that would be a really cool thing to pursue, and I have interest and in, I have the knowledge in welding, and so it was kind of took a little turn towards that and played with that for a little while, and then came back in house after that job kind of wrapped up, and then you know open your vision up again and and kind of see what's out there. And our uh, our shop fabrication at Jackson has grown exponentially in the last two years, so that that need for the fabrication superintendent. Um, that wasn't actually a position before I, uh, before I got that position because Jackson didn't know they really needed and had a need for it at the time. Um, but keeping my sights open on that and, you know, of course with the skill set that I had, but just keep your eyes open for, for opportunities. Don't, don't get tunnel vision on, on one, one position or one role. Scott Robley, Falcon High School graduate, uh, fabrication superintendent with Jackson Engineering and Maintenance. It's been a pleasure to hear your career story. Yeah, thank you, Bob. We're going to take a quick break, teachers and students, and come back with an informational interview with Scott in just a minute. Welcome back, teachers and students, to part two of our Everyone Has a Story career interview with Scott Robley. Falcon High School graduate and current fabrication superintendent with Jackson Engineering and Maintenance. Scott, thanks again for being here today. Yeah, thank you again, Bob. Yeah, so let's, uh, what does a day in the life look like for Scott today as the fabrication superintendent at Jackson Engineering? What do you do all day? Um, you know, with this uh, not only being a new position to myself, but also to, uh, to Jackson, this is still a little bit of a uh, of a learning adventure, but uh, uh, a bulk of my responsibilities here are uh, overseeing, you know, shop fabrication projects, shelters, cabinets, whatever it is that we're building. Um, there's also the uh, the scheduling aspect. Uh, my job, making sure we have the right people in the right place at the right time to uh, to meet deadlines on projects. There's also uh, the the newest component to me is the uh, um, helping to bid and, and propose work and making sure that, um, you know, when a job comes out, we're, we're capturing how much labor we think we're going to need so we can give our customers an accurate number in, uh, in proposals. That's, uh, that's probably, I mean, there's a lot of things that trail off or finger off all those tasks, but that's uh, kind of the three big ones that I'm responsible for. Scott, what would you say are the most, uh, maybe two or three most important technical skills or job knowledge skills that you need to kind of deploy on a daily basis to be successful in your job? You know, I, I think uh, what gives me a big leg up is uh, is my technical knowledge. So my background's in welding, um, which is not the only work that takes place in the shop, but having the technical skills that, um, you know, as we're building out proposals and scheduling, I've been there and I know you know, how long things should take or how can we improve processes to make, um, you know, make, make the product more, um, well, more profitable first off, but, you know, maybe just a little easier, lower, lower stress for people working on it and, and lower risk as well. Um, but I, I think that's a really big thing. Um, but also, 
um, you know, as I'm coming into scheduling and things that are, are a little bit new for me, you know, actually putting it down on paper, um, having a network of, of people that are familiar with a process um, that you can, you know, tap into their uh, into their mind and 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 get some help and some feedback on that's really important. Scott, what about the soft skills um, instead of the hard knowledge skills? What are some of the soft skills that uh, you think are important in your job? You know, that's that's probably. Um, you know, anytime you find yourself in a leadership role, uh, having the ability to, to work with other people and, uh, and, you know, problem, problem solve, whether it's, you know, on a thing or with a person or, or whatever that is, that that's probably the biggest thing, being able to open up and have conversations and stuff like that with people, even if they're uncomfortable. Scott, if you could pick one thing um, that you like most about your job, what would that be? Um, well, at Jackson, it's uh, it's definitely the culture and the environment that uh, that Jackson has done so well to set up and and protect. They make it um, they make it really easy to come to work every day. I I don't think I've found myself really really dreading or you know considering playing hooky from from work or anything like that because I know what's waiting for me because um, I got I got a really good network of people around me. Um, and a company that's that's ready to support everybody top to bottom. Scott, uh, realizing that not every job is going to be rainbows and unicorns every day, is <laughs> is there a task um, that you don't like to do that you have to do, or is, is there something kind of frustrating about your job? Um, you know, in my in my current role, uh, what I'm finding myself getting involved in a lot more is. Um, not necessarily customer relations, but dealing with things that directly outcome or, you know, the customer is going to see the result of whether it's, you know, scheduling um, money, if there's money involved with a change order or something like that. Um, and that can be, uh, that can be very difficult at times. Scott, what are, uh, what would you say are potential advancement opportunities for you from where you are now? I know you're relatively new in this role, but with your current education, knowledge, skills, and abilities, and work ethic, um, can you climb an additional rung or two on a ladder at Jackson? Well, I, like I kind of alluded to in the the, the first part, um, I, I really don't get my my uh, that tunnel vision set on this is the next place I have to go. Uh, if I was going to go directly up the ladder, how the ladder exists right now. Um, you know, that'd be a, a director role or something like that. Um, but again, you know, kind of keep an eyes, keep your peripheral open because you, you never know what kind of advancements might come down the road or changing departments or something like that. So the the typical just climb the ladder straight up it would be, you know, a director role, but um, you, you never know what's going to come up. Yeah, and I appreciate you saying that. And students, um, um, you know, pay pay attention to the first part of Scott's interview because it's really packed with good information and what I'm learning uh, now having interviewed I think seven or eight people at Jackson Engineering is it's a pretty innovative uh, company very adaptable and one of your other associates I think actually kind of created a job for themselves um, and I can't remember yeah, who that was. <laughs> but. There, yeah, I, there are. I, I don't know who that is because there are uh, several of those. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, you know, it's a growing, innovative company and it's adaptable and it's, you know, putting people into positions where they can be successful in leadership roles. So 
um, I, I can certainly appreciate uh, your, your perspective on that, and I hope students do as well. Uh, so Scott, let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, talk to that student right now who's in high school who has, you know, aptitude and interest in, in your line of work, uh, wanting to work with their hands to make things, to create things. Um, how would you suggest uh, that student gain exposure to and experience in your field of work? Yeah, so uh, uh, in my field, um, uh, certainly kind of the route I went uh, when I started at Kevin's, it wasn't necessarily an internship level, but uh, I mean, that's probably what it should have been called, right? Like I didn't have the, the skills of the trade that I needed to actually just go in day one and you know, be the biggest, baddest fabricator. Um, but having that ability to learn and, and shadow people um, in, in that line of work, uh, not only can it set you up for, for excelling in that line of work, but you might get into an internship for a semester or six months or something and go, wow, I hate this. <laughs> I don't want to go to work tomorrow. Um, so that, that would be a really good way to gain exposure. Um, but, but, also kind of tapping into the network for that and, and figuring out some of those opportunities, which is where, you know, the Pikes Peak Business Education Alliance, that's huge because uh, it, it opens up that peripheral again on, this is a hobby I have. Holy crap, that can turn into a job because now I can go talk to these people one-on-one -on -one or tour facility or maybe even shadow or do an internship level. Um, the opportunities like that, taking advantage of those is, is huge. Excellent. Thank you, Scott. Scott, let's talk a little bit about your college decision-making process. Um, uh, can you share your experience on that uh, with students that are watching the video right now? Yeah, um, I might get a little long-winded on this one, but uh, I think, uh, you know, in high school, uh, again, in the first, first half of the interview, uh, kind of mentioned how I, I thought maybe I'd be going you know, maybe like a dentistry or maybe even a chiropractic route or something. There are a lot of these thoughts kind of floating around in my head. And, uh, and my family was a big, you know, proponent on, you know, go get that four year or six year, whatever it is degree. And then, you know, go out and make a killing scene, support your family. Right. Um, but I, I, I really believe, of course, having done it, it's a little easier for me to say it, but different schooling and different methods work for different people. If that's what you want to do, I don't, I don't want to tear you down for that or, or say that's the wrong way to go about it because the world needs, you know, a little bit of everybody, right? Um, but for me, I coming out of high school, I could not see myself going and sitting in a classroom for another four to six years. Um, I, I, I wouldn't have done well if I, if I pursued that just because I thought that's what my family wanted or I thought that was the only way to make a living. Don't, uh, don't get that uh, tunnel vision again on to make money, I have to go do this or to be happy, I have to go do this because there are so many other options. Myself, um, I mentioned I went down to Pikes Peak Community College uh, in the welding program there, which was, there, there was a little bit of classroom with that to work towards the degree, um, but there, a bulk of it was uh, the lab time in the actual welding lab. Um, I actually got out into industry before I completed my degree. Like I said, I think it was down at the college for probably like four, four semesters um, by the time I, I went full-time in industry. 
I even went back and taught at the college without a degree. That that was um, the uh, the certification board for the state. You can either have a degree or you can have a certain amount of you know time on the job knowledge. And I so far exceeded the time on the on the job knowledge that that that's what set me up for success. Which isn't that's not universally true, but certainly in uh, in the trades and more of the blue collar stuff, that's that's becoming more and more true that, um, you know, as you're applying time from internships and, and being out in the thick of it, actually getting your hands dirty, uh, that starts to account for more than a degree does. Excellent, Scott, thank you. Um, so the hard part of our interview is over. Scott, what do you like to do in your free time when you're not working? Oh man, I am, uh, I might have a problem, but I really like motorcycles and dirt bikes. I, I got about 12 right now, which might be a problem, but I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of that. Where do you, uh, do you have a favorite place to ride? Um, you know, I, I, I do road bike, you know, street bikes, dirt bikes. I, I really, really enjoy uh, this last year was getting the dirt bike out uh, above Timberline, getting up in the rocky stuff. That, that was a lot of fun. Excellent. Scott, what do you want to be when you grow up now? <laughs> Man, that, that, that problem gets tougher with time, or that question gets tougher with time, I think. <laughs> um, but I have, uh, you know, I, I, think, uh, I think when you get asked that question in, in middle school or high school, a lot of that, um, your answer is probably very much uh, career-driven or what, what you want to do for work. Um, and I'm not saying I'm in my final position or I won't ever advance or anything like that, but I'm finding even where I am now, I, I'm looking more at, you know, um, I have a, a almost six-year-old daughter that I want to be, I want to be more in, in, you know, the family aspect and the career aspect. So I think kind of balancing out the, uh, the professional side and the, and the family side is really important. Scott, do you have any final experience or information you'd like to share with that particular high school student watching this video right now, thinking that they might want to sort of head in your career direction? You know, I, I, I've probably said it about six times, so it must be important, but I, I'll just, I'll, I'll do another plug on it again for, uh, oh, open up, open your eyes up, do that, that peripheral check on, on what's around you, because there are phenomenal opportunities all around you that you, you might not even realize are there. Uh, one of the instructors when I was going to school and then I actually got to work with him later down at the college, he would, uh, he would always challenge students coming in on you know visitation days and stuff like that to the college. Um, again, this is very welding focused, but it, it's you know almost universally applicable. And he would say, look around the room on your ride home today, think of something that welding wasn't involved in and, you know is it a brick on the wall is it a you know the school bus you rode in on or something like that um there are so many aspects and, and like i said that applies to a lot of different trades but there are so many aspects of life that we take for granted that somebody had to do it somebody had to build it somebody had to design it whatever it was and uh, just opening your sights up on on how big the world is and how many jobs and career paths there are um and, and you don't have to feel like you're um, going to work today it's no i i get to go to work today and do the thing i love scott robley drops the mic thank you so much <laughs> um that is just uh you you said it really well 
Um, and that really encapsulates kind of the vision of what our initiative is trying to do. Um, so thank you so much, Scott Robley, Falcon High School graduate, fabrication superintendent with Jackson Engineering and Maintenance. It's been a pleasure to hear your story today. That's been great talking to you too, Bob. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Everyone Has a Story podcast. We hope the experience shared today in the career story and informational interview may benefit you as you make educational and career choices. If you would like to learn more about the Business and Education Alliance and how we are working with education and industry to connect students' talents, interests, and aptitudes to the world of work, please go to businessandeducationalliance.org. Mm -hmm.